good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 9th of March, 2022, and we'll start off with the nationwide daily COVID report. The country registered 69 more COVID-19 fatalities, a new high of the new wave, and 18,943 new cases during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced Tuesday morning. This compared with the 65 COVID-related fatalities and 21,162 new cases reported Monday morning. Now, out of the 18,940 confirmed new cases, uh, we also had approximately 19,622 probable cases that were confirmed by ATK testing. 66 of those cases were from abroad and 34 from prisons. There are approximately 62,263 people in hospitals, 1,189 currently in ICU, and 400 on ventilators. Now, Chambari Public Health Office reported 1,003 confirmed cases and 2,291 probable cases and 12 deaths. Most confirmed cases have been in Chambari City, 208, Sirashat, 276, and Pattaya, Banglamung area had 234 cases. There are now 29,619 patients in care. And finally, Phuket Health Office reported 601 confirmed cases and 843 probable cases on the island. Out of the confirmed cases, 563 are local and 38 are from abroad. There was one death. And there currently is 6,371 people in care. And we'll start off with the first story of the day. The government is aiming to control oil prices. Prime Minister Prayachana Chan Monday urged the public to cut back on energy consumption, especially when using private cars, amid soaring oil prices. General Prayat said the government would do its best to cushion the impact. His call came as the price of Brent crude oil went over $130 a barrel in the early hours on Monday, surpassing the record of 128 in 2012. Now, according to ANI Sputnik, the price of May futures for Brent was trading up 9.35% to $129.06 per barrel at 12.28 a.m. At 2.06 p.m., the price had reached 130.30, it said. General Pryor said the government has been monitoring the situation and the soaring prices are a pressing issue the government will address as it finds appropriate measures to cushion the impact. We're urging everyone to help save energy as much as possible, especially in the use of private cars, he said. We've already taken steps to address the rising prices, but what should we do if they continue when we have a limited budget? Earlier, the government decided to cut the diesel excise tax by 3 baht per litre off the current 5.99 baht until May 20th to alleviate the impact of high energy prices. Relief measures to help cushion the impact are expected to be proposed at the National Energy Policy Committee meeting tomorrow. Government spokesman Tanakorn Wambunkan Chana said the committee, headed by General Pryor, will meet out measures and propose them to the cabinet for approval on March 15th. 
the challenge facing Thailand and other countries, the COVID-19 pandemic, global inflation and the Ukraine-Russia war are unprecedented and are driving fuel prices and impacting the cost of transport and consumer goods, Mr Tanakorn said. He insisted the government had been working to address the issue by maintaining the retail price of diesel below 30 baht a litre. Now, meanwhile, members of the tourism sector in Phuket are calling on the finance minister and the Bank of Thailand to find solutions after Russian tourists became unable to make financial transactions due to sanctions against major Russian banks. In his Facebook post, the president of the Phuket Tourist Association said that authorities in Thailand should consider adopting alternative payment systems, such as those that utilize cryptocurrencies, to solve the problem being faced by these tourists. He said Thailand is not a party in the conflict and it should find solutions to enable businesses to continue under this unusual circumstance. Without alternative payment systems, arrivals from Russia are likely to be affected as long as the crisis drags on, he noted. Now moving along, Americans have been advised to avoid travel to Thailand. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, on Monday added Thailand, Hong Kong and New Zealand to its list of destinations Americans are advised not to visit because of COVID-19. The CDC elevated its travel recommendations to level 4, very high for Thailand and two other destinations. In total, the CDC urged Americans to avoid travel to about 135 countries and territories. The CDC lists another 33 destinations as level 3, high, and recommends unvaccinated Americans to avoid travel. It lowered six destinations on Monday to level 3. A total of just 29 destinations are listed as level 2, moderate or level 1 low. If you must travel to Thailand, make sure you are vaccinated and up to date with your COVID-19 vaccines before travel, it said. Adding that even if you are up to date with your COVID-19 vaccines, you may still be at risk for getting and spreading COVID-19. The Thai Public Health Ministry reported 18,943 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday. Hong Kong reported 25,150 new COVID-19 infections and 280 deaths on Monday as authorities struggle to contain a worsening COVID-19 outbreak which has torn through hundreds of nursing homes and hit many of the city's unvaccinated elderly. While Hong Kong was successful in controlling the virus in 2021, COVID-19 infections there have recently soared to a total of around 500,000. Most of the Chinese-ruled cities, more than 2,200 deaths, have been in the past two weeks. Hong Kong reported the most deaths globally per million people in the week of March 6, according to data publication Our World in Data. CDC raised Hong Kong to level 3 last week. Now, one of the topics that we have discussed a lot over the last few weeks is about Thailand and declaring COVID endemic here in the country. Now, what exactly does that mean? And what happens now if you catch COVID? With COVID-19 now spreading at a rate of more than 20,000 cases officially confirmed new infections per day, everyone is at risk of catching the disease. So many people will be wondering what happens if they get infected. A sample of COVID-19 patients were interviewed recently to see how they are coping at a time when the government is gearing up to treat the disease as endemic. So when you test positive, hotel worker Meekin said an ATK test showed he was positive on the morning of March 3rd. Authorities had launched the so-called outpatient self-isolation scheme just two days earlier, but its implementation was still patchy and confusing. I turned up at a hospital where I've been eligible for free medical services under social security scheme, only to be turned away, recounted Meekin, who spoke on the condition his surname was withheld. 
staff just told me to book the RT-PCR test via the QQ app. I was not even advised about my rights to social security. Meekin said he opened the app and found that there were no services available to book. So he turned to a well-known volunteer network which came to fetch him from his home later that evening and took him to Prechenowet Sports Centre in North Bangkok where a triage hub had been set up. There was neither medicine nor food when I arrived. Officials there did not provide any care, Meekin said. I was at a loss. The conditions of the facilities were not good. I finally received some food at 8pm. After spending the night there, he was given just basic medicines normally used to treat a common cold. He then requested an RT-PCR test at a hospital where he's entitled to free medical treatment under the Social Security scheme. He was told the soonest available appointment was on March 7th. Feeling uncomfortable at the triage centre, he asked for permission to check out. Officials allowed him to leave, but only if someone came to pick him up. Meekin has now rented a room to self-isolate from his family members and is praying that he will get proper treatment. If possible, I want to go to a hospital, he said. Worried about his vulnerable family members, Meekin is not interested in going back home or joining the home isolation scheme. At home are my 6-year-old son, my 85-year-old father-in-law and my 78-year-old mother-in-law, he said. Now speaking about the current government policy on treatment, the Public Health Ministry spokesman Dr. Runkon Kitpati said Thailand's COVID-19 situation was now transitioning from end of pandemic to the endemic stage. He said the endemic stage would likely start around early July when COVID-19 patients will be treated the same as patients with other common communicable diseases such as influenza. For now, those with minor or no symptoms will be treated as outpatients. Simply put, they must take care of themselves with medicines prescribed at home. Only those with severe symptoms or significant risk of developing serious conditions will be admitted to the hospital. The National Health Security Office Secretary General even suggested that people who tested positive for COVID but had mild symptoms and could isolate and treat themselves with common medicines did not need to call the 1330 hotline or inform any authorities. Now, after testing positive for COVID-19 via an ATK test on February 23rd, a factory worker named Sawalak had no worries about going into home isolation as she lives alone. Also, she thought her choice of home isolation would help reduce the government COVID-19 expenses. What I didn't know was that I could be left on my own the 44-year-old said. Sawalak explained that the 1330 hotline for home isolation patients was always busy. She considered herself lucky when someone finally answered her call. The first time she got through, the line went dead as she was talking. The second time, she managed to get advice about registering herself on the NHSO website and contacting the NHSO via the line application. Sawalak was initially told it might take the NHSO six hours to respond. After six hours had passed, she contacted them via line and received a chat box reply saying that delays were possible when there were so many patients. She tried calling the NHSO hotline again but suffered the same difficulties getting through. A few days ago, the NHSO said its hotline had been flooded with 70,000 calls per day, making it impossible to answer all inquiries. So after discovering I had caught the new coronavirus, I spent the next five days alone. No one sent me medicine or food. It was different from what I'd heard in news reports, Sawalak said, of her experience. 
If you're ill, all alone, and not sure about your own health condition, you will feel intense stress like me. On February 28, she made the decision to rush to the hospital. However, the doctor there refused to give her Favipravir, explaining that the anti-COVID pills were not available for people in home isolation. I don't think this makes sense. My friend received this drug from another hospital even though she is also in home isolation, Sawalak said, complaining that medical facilities were using different standards. Fortunately, Sawalak eventually recovered from the COVID-19 and is now back at work. Now, finally, will COVID actually ease soon? The Public Health Ministry forecasts the number of new infections will begin to slow down around the middle of March, providing that people comply strictly with disease control measures, delay unnecessary travel, avoid gatherings and take booster shots. The situation should then start improving. However, in the worst case scenario, new infections could reach up to 100,000 a day by the middle of April. Now that's just a sample of a couple of people and their experiences here in Thailand in trying to get help in relation to after they've caught COVID. And as you can see, things just aren't working out quite as the government have well, told us all that they are. I mean, a few days ago, they were patting themselves on the back and issuing these beautiful surveys where they just were praising how wonderful of a job that they have done. But the general people on the ground are not finding that experience as good as they talk about. It would be great that if people do have to home isolate, that they get the proper treatment. Not everybody has family to take care of them. And like the lady in the last story, she was left alone for five days with no food and no medicine and really no one to contact. And that is not appropriate, especially when you're forcing people to do the right thing by self-isolating at home. If Thailand plan to have endemic status by the end of July, then they need to get things right now. They need to start educating people on what it means to be endemic and moving forward with reducing all restrictions in the country, along with all travel restrictions entering the country. The days of masks after July should be over. Because at the end of the day, that's what endemic means. If you look around the world right now, many countries are just getting rid of all the restrictions. There are no travel restrictions to many countries anymore. And I hope Thailand is focusing on getting there in the next few months. But I'd love to know what you think about the situations that the people interviewed faced. In your own country, what was the standard of care like if you contracted COVID-19? Were people well looked after or were they left to kind of go by themselves and take care of themselves. I'd love to know your comments as always down below in the comments section. And next up, thousands who signed up for Thailand Pass received scam email. Thousands of people, both Thais and foreigners, who signed up for the country's Thailand Pass program received a fraudulent phishing email asking for personal details. The emails, which were sent out over the past several days, asked the recipient for their details including their full name, their date of birth and their last four digits of their passport. Authorities are advising those who received the email to not respond to the queries and to delete and block the address. The Prime Minister's Office and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which run the Thailand Pass program, have said previously that security was the utmost importance and that previous personal data leaks linked to the program had been fixed. Calls to the government spokesman on Tuesday were not immediately returned. The Prime Minister's Office said they were unaware of the incident and would investigate. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs did not immediately return calls regarding the incident. Now this has been happening quite a lot and now Richard Barrow on Twitter has been basically the guy who has been putting out the information about this happening because he's received information from other people. And the government just don't seem to be taking it very, very seriously. People's data is being leaked and being used against them in a very malicious way. 
Now, one of the issues that I have spotted and I've heard about is this system where the hoteliers have to approve your hotel stay through the Thailand Pass. I think it's called the Thailand Pass and Swap System or something, the TPHS or something. I don't know, something like this system. And when they open up this system, a hotelier, for whatever bookings are in their hotel, can see all the person's personal data, passport number, email address, booking numbers, all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm not saying this is where the leak came from, but I am saying that that's not very secure, especially in a hotel environment where pretty much anybody might have access to a computer or to some kind of login station where the people are approving this. Many hotels at the moment don't have proper reservations departments. The front office staff are doing a lot of the work, and this may be how some of these email addresses are getting out there. There may also be a hack of that entire system because if a hotel, for example, has a password to get into it, there must be master passwords to be able to get into the entire system to see the overall bookings within this system. And I'm pretty sure that's possibly where these email addresses may have come from. What I found here in Thailand a lot, there was always a lot of people who have administration rights to accounts and it is not used correctly. Passwords and email addresses in this country are flung around like they mean nothing to anyone. Just think about people like expats who go to immigration and have to bring over an inch of paperwork with everything from your passport to where you live to personal bank records and they take it and where does it go? What happens to it? Nobody ever knows, is this securely stored? We just don't know. And the manner in which over the last year we've seen with the vaccination website that was hacked last year and now the Thailand Pass website which was hacked again. Now the simplest way to solve this whole issue is to scrap the Thailand Pass, get rid of it and let's get back to normal travel. But if you're going to have the Thailand Pass then you have a duty of care on the people who are using that pass to know that their information is being kept secure. And clearly after a few days the Prime Minister's office didn't know what's happening. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs have no comment. These guys are the people who are handling our, your, personal data and they don't care they don't keep themselves abreast of what's going on they seem to be also using some kind of mickey mouse web developers and people you know doing database uh, security and other things like that it's becoming increasingly worrying how many hacks of the thailand pass website have gone on over the last few months and the lack of response from the government in dealing with it too it would make you think twice about using a government website here in this country and also it may be putting people off actually applying for the thailand pass and coming to thailand and speeding along thai air force f-16 jet crashes while on training flight pilot safely ejects a Royal Thai Air Force F-16 fighter jet crashed while on a training flight in the northeastern province of Chayapun this afternoon, but the pilot managed to eject safely, according to spokesperson for the Royal Thai Air Force Air Vice Marshal Prapas Sorenchai D. He said that a rescue team was immediately sent to the crash site in Chatara district after the 103rd Air Wing Command had been alerted of the incident. He said that the pilot had been assisted by villagers in the area and the rescue team when it arrived. He also urged villagers not to get close to the plane wreckage for safety reasons. The RTAF spokesman said a team of inspectors have been sent to the crash site to collect evidence and a committee will be set up to investigate the cause. Last December, one F-5 fighter jet of the 211th Air Wing 
crashed while on a weapons training exercise in Chaibadan district of Lapuri. It is believed that the crash was caused by a bird strike later identified as Open Bill Stork. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Cancel flights leave Russians stranded in Phuket. The Russian consulate in Phuket is providing assistance to Russian nationals stranded on the island unable to fly home. Phuket plants seeds for cannabis cash crops. Dr. Youngyat Tamawut, Director General of the Department of Thai Traditional Medicines, was in Phuket today to promote the development of medical marijuana as a key industry to help the country's economy back onto the road to recovery. Police to oppose bail in Jimmy Sandu case. Thai police will ask a Canadian court to deny bail for a Canadian national who is suspected of being involved in the murder of an Indian gangster in Phuket last month, says the Central Intelligence Bureau. And finally, woman hit by a car on Phuket's main road. A 55-year-old Myanmar national sustained heavy injuries when she was hit by a vehicle on Tepkasatri Road and Kukau last night. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.